This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery... Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Star Diary, the podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine. You can subscribe to the print edition of the magazine by visiting skyatnightmagazine.com or to our digital edition by visiting iTunes or Google Play. Greetings listeners and welcome to Star Diary, radio astronomy's weekly guide to the best things to see in the night sky in the week of the 18th to the 24th of April. I'm Ezzy Pearson and I'm joined on the podcast today as always by Reviews Editor Paul Manning. So Paul, what are your recommendations for this coming week? Well Ezzy, whereas last week was dominated by the evenings, nice and convenient for us, this is a week of early morning events. So it's mm-hmm. one of those things. Um, but you can't be helped. So five o'clock in the morning. I know it really does exist, five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but look out for the moon at 5 a.m. on the 18th of April because it's really close to Alpha Libra. Zuban El Ganubi. That's a quite a mouthful, isn't it, as such? But it's a really wonderful star. It's one of my favourite names to say and one of my least favourite to spell. Oh, I... I nightmare trying to spell it sort of thing I have to say and there are different ways you can either add them all together so it's all one name or I've mm-hmm. seen it split up into two and I've seen it and, and I tend to split it into three Zuben El Ganubi so uh, you know but you, you're all right whichever one you use it's you know that's how they do them in various books sometimes some say it in one some say it in the other so there we are but it's a nice wide double and split with binoculars easy so you've got this nice moon on the 
the 18th. It's now past full sort of thing, but it's still quite a thick phase, a gibbous phase. So there we are. They're over in the southwest. So keep an eye out whilst you do that sort of thing because there's not just them. There are in actual fact our favourite trio of planets that have been in the morning sky, Mars, Mars, Saturn and Venus as well. They're over in the southeast, but we'll have more on them in a short while because we stick with the moon for the time being because the next night, April the 19th, or I should say really morning, shouldn't I? About five o'clock in the morning, the moon lies next to Delta Scorpii. That's Deshuba. I think I pronounced that right. And then to their far left is Antares, the red heart of the scorpion itself. So we always wait. I, I love it when Mars is near that to compare the actual colours of Mars and Antares as well. So the thing about this is that the moon is in Scorpius and it will be literally in the constellation, but it's a weird constellation because, of course, sort of thing, to the left of Antares and up, you actually have the constellation Ophiuchus as well. And so ironically, the next night, Technically, if you go by the International Astronomical Union's official guidelines of the constellation shapes, on the next morning, the moon lies to the left of Antares, but technically in Ophiuchus. There we are. But you need to be looking around about the south-southeast, 5 a.m. sort of thing. And so it gives you a guide to Scorpius because it's a lovely constellation. I just wish it was higher in the sky for us. You know, it's mm. just one of those things, you know, we don't get to see the tail. You have to go abroad and further south in the earth sort of thing. So sort of like, go good excuse for going to Lanzarote somewhere like that sort of thing. Or, <laughs> or the Algarve. I've seen it from the Algarve, well displayed. Great idea for a holiday as such to go there. But uh, it's a lovely constellation. And I always think that the, the, the top half that we get, we do get a, a dramatic part sort of thing because uh, we've actually got a whole string of stars. If I remember right, Deshuba was the one that we did a bit of a fade in a few years ago sort of thing and then came back. So there's a bit of an oddity sort of thing. It's either a fading or a brightening sort of thing. My memory's a bit fuzzy on that one. but so, yeah. so it's a star worth keeping an eye on just in case. Stars aren't always absolutely dead for... We, we remember, uh, sort of like, Betelgeuse, just a couple yeah, of years ago. I was just, just thinking. Just as sort of the pandemic was occurring, the, the, literally a few months before the pandemic sort of thing, the end of 2019, the beginning of 2020, and uh, we actually had Betelgeuse fade dramatically. Yeah, it's it's uh, that one was caused by like well they think it was caused by like a massive uh, plume of dust coming off of it. So you know these are these are stars. They are active. They do do things. You know, throw off massive flares, massive clouds of dust occasionally, um, and we can see that all the way from Earth. Yeah, and uh, so some are variable. You know, and Betelgeuse had a long period variable, but it's got various cycles mixed in with it, isn't it as well. And this sort of ejection of dust is apparently part of that as well. So uh, so who knows? You you made you made it or something just looking at the stars you may notice that it's slightly fainter or brighter than normal sort of thing and if so always contact us make sure we actually know as well so we get to the 21st now this is a bit of an odd month sort of thing because we've made we have mentioned mainly all early morning things and we mentioned that venus mars and saturn are up in the east southeast again so keep an eye all this week to the southeast, if you've got clear morning skies, again, about 5, 5.15 uh, is what I've said, because we've had this trio of planets, Venus, Mars, and Saturn. Mars has now moved away. Saturn's a long way off, so it moves very slowly against the background stars. But, of course, the 
motion of the Earth is making the constellation it's in get higher in the sky. So Saturn's moving up, but Mars is and Venus are dropping back towards the solar glare. And Mars is roughly halfway between Saturn and Venus. But there's an extra one. We've got another planet. Jupiter another is emerged. One. Yeah, we've got <gasps> Jupiter back. And oh it's uh, the second brightest of the planets as a rule. And so it's now emerging. Because it's bright, it makes it easy to see even in bright twilight. And we talked about lineups the other week. Well, <laughs> how's this for like? We've got four planets in a line sort of thing. And again, following the line of the ecliptic itself, yeah. the Earth's orbit projected out into space. Pretty evenly spaced as well. It should be quite... Quite an interesting one to see on the night sky, so definitely worth keeping an eye out for it. Definitely, and certainly one worth trying for photographically, although the bright sky will make Saturn harder because you'll overwhelm Saturn with the more twilight. More challenging. Yeah, yes, exactly. Not harder, so, more challenging. Challenging. There's your challenge <laughs> for this week. See if you can capture all four planets in one picture. And I tell you what, even better, do it with an iPhone or a smartphone, an Android, a, a Google, whatever you've got sort of thing, you know. Just see if you can capture it with your camera and naturally send in the pictures to Sky at Night. We always love the Absolutely. pictures, don't we? We have loads of pictures. We love them. But this is it. So we're now back to four planets, it has to be said, in the morning sky. So, you know, it's uh, it's nice to see them when they... I always think, at last, they've emerged sort of thing. Now, I have to say, I'll have to wait for this because, unfortunately, my horizon is terrible towards the southeast. I've got lots of stuff in the way. So you do need a good, clear horizon, if we're honest. Mm. So, you know, yeah. an uncluttered horizon, it said. Now, something else on the 22nd, something different. We have a meteor shower. Now, the thing about meteor showers is that the first half of the first quarter of the year is, is rubbish. It's rubbish, Ezzy. You know, we have the quadrantids in, in January, and then we have mm. no major bright shower until April. You yeah. know, that's not fair, is it? It's not fair. <laughs> it should be more evenly spread out on the sky. But we've got the April Lyrids. Now, this is debris from Comet Thatcher. And they peak around about the 22nd to the 23rd. So because they're actually associated with Lyra, the constellation Lyra, Lyra is very low down. So, you know, it's one of those things that the radiant, although it has about a, a maximum of 18 per hour, that's the zenith hourly rate, that is the perfect, if it was directly above you, you know, sort of conditions, clear sky, absolutely perfect transparency. I mean, we just don't get that, do we? <laughs> Which is a shame. You can hear me crying sort of we don't often get those but the point is sort of thing you know it's worth keeping an eye out and as the morning progresses sort of thing so after midnight the radiant will gradually get higher on the night of the 22nd into the 23rd and so keep a lookout and any meteors coming from uh, lyra are likely to be the Lyrids associated with this particular comet, Comet Thatcher, uh, well worth having a look at, even if the rates will be diminished because of the altitude of the radiant and the fact that you, you're technically looking through thicker part of the atmosphere. The more you look towards the horizon, you're looking through more... This is why we get a redder sky towards the horizon, sort of thing, especially when the sun's setting. It's this thicker atmosphere, the light's passing through this thick atmosphere and it attenuates the light, refracts light as well. But it's well worth having a look at, sort of thing, and seeing how many could actually see they do actually the, the, these showers we tend to talk about the peak but there's actually a range and it's generally from about April the 16th through to the 25th for this particular shower itself so but the rates build up to the peak and then drop down again so you know it's one of those things that um, you know it's better 
for the peak to get the most meteors if you're going to stand the chance. But of course, you need clear sky and again, ideally an uncluttered sort of thing horizon towards the northeast, really, to, to get these meteors. So there we are. That's all that's happening in this particular week. Yeah, certainly sounds like there's a lot going on, uh, as always. Um, you've got some fantastically named stars in the beginning of the week. Zubin el and Dashuba. Um, I just wanted to say the names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then later on in the week, we have a, a lineup of four planets right away across the sky. That's going to be particularly spectacular to look at. Um, and then finally finishing off with a nice meteor shower, which is always good, especially if you've got some people in your life that perhaps aren't, or you yourself, if you're new to astronomy, it's always a great way to get people invested in stargazing. So, uh, thank you very much, Paul, and we will hear again from you next week. Thank you, Ezzy. Take care. If you want to find out even more spectacular sights that will be gracing the night sky throughout the month, be sure to pick up a copy of BBC Sky at Night magazine, where we have a 16-page pull-out sky guide with a full overview of everything worth looking up for. Whether you like to look at the moon, the planets, or the deep sky, whether you use binoculars, telescopes, or neither, our Sky Guide has got you covered, with the detailed star charts to help you track your way across the night sky. From all of us here at BBC Sky at Night magazine, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Star Diary podcast from the makers of BBC Sky at Night magazine, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Brittany Colley. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at skyatnightmagazine.com or head to Acast, iTunes or Spotify. 